everybody. It's Bill from the SitRep Podcast. We're coming back to you live with our next exciting adventure. Today, the entire team is back together. Uh, we are missing uh, our European contingent. Uh, hopefully, we get them back on the show soon. But in the meantime, we're going to sit down. We're going to roundtable. What is the future of Wargaming? We're going to talk about our predictions and where we see the gaming uh, heading. And we'll catch up on the news and other hobby and projects. So get ready, get set, here All right, well, the sound intro got all screwed up, so we heard Jim <laughs> say some naughty words a couple times, but hey, <laughs> as they say, shit happens. Um Welcome back, everybody. I apologize for the last podcast we had. COVID is a wicked motherfucker. Excuse my language. <coughs> and and Feet's got a sixth sense of humor. All right. And uh, Jim, I know you were uh, holidaying with your family, but uh, our dear friend Gaz brought us a present all the way from merry old England. He brought us a strain of COVID that knocked out the entire house. So the revenge of the British is now complete. So... <laughs> They sure hold a grudge for a long, long time. Well, it did take him out first, so. Yeah. Well, so. Yeah. All right. Guys, welcome back to the team. Uh, I'd like to do some hobby catch-up first before we get cooking. Um, Jim, you've been away for a while. Why don't you kick us off? So, um, yeah, it's good to be back. I think I missed like the last two uh, for different reasons, but yeah, there's been a lot going on. Uh, we've done some uh, six millimeter uh, war gaming at the, the battle of Chinese farm uh, down at Toss Creek house uh, with my friend, Mark uh, and John salary. So we'll see how that turns out. I don't know if I have enough footage uh, to put that together into some kind of an episode. I mean, I've got plenty of footage. I don't know if it's any good, but we will try it out. Um, so, yeah, we've done Chinese Farm a bunch of times uh, on the stream before or on the channel before in different scales and different game systems. It's a very famous battle for people who follow the Arab-Israeli Wars, uh, October 15th, 16th, and 17th, 1973. Uh, we've done um, some uh, colonial World War II battles, the British versus the Italians at uh, Galabat. And hold on to your nuts, everybody. The Italians won for a change. So. What? Yeah, but. kick the crap out of them, not to put too fine a point on it. Um, it is a tough mission for the British, so, uh, to be fair. Uh, we've done some uh, more naval war gaming. We took another swing at naval war by Hendrik Jan Simonsbergen. Um, great system, like one of my favorite World War II naval systems. Um, especially his new 1.5 version, which worked out pretty well. We did this one virtually, so it was a lot uh, a lot easier to, to manage. That game was live uh, against a live opponent. We did second battle of Guadalcanal. One of only two battles in Guadalcanal where battleships actually shot at each other. Um, and it turned out not so much like history. I did lose the USS South Dakota, which didn't oh. happen historically. Um, however... <sighs> Just like happened in real life, uh, USS Washington, you know, came through the wreckage. Historically, the four forward screens of American destroyers are all sunk within like well, 
sunk or critically damaged within like five five minutes of each other. Mm-hmm. And the uh, South Dakota suffered a catastrophic cascading electrical failure because she had been commissioned like five months before. She was still new, and they had they, they had rushed the uh, the shakedown crews probably because we lost our entire battle fleet uh, in, at Pearl Harbor or just like four months before that. So it's early World War II for the Pacific anyway. And, um, yeah, the South Dakota's not doing so well. So historically, she's suffering all these mechanical problems. No electrical power. She can't steer. You can't train your guns. This isn't like a tank turret where there's a crank on the inside. You can manually traverse the turret. These gun barbettes weigh 2,200 tons. You're not cranking that thing um, by hand by any means mm-hmm. no electrical power you're not doing anything so i suffered one of these at exactly the wrong time in the table historically the japanese fired 32 long lanes torpedoes at her every single one of them missed by the grace of god uh the americans had a little squadron of guardian angels over them or something it's just somehow these torpedoes missed not so much in today's game or in this last week's game last week's game was a little bit more along the mathematical averages of probability and uh yeah there goes uss south dakota but luckily admiral willis augustus lee don't hate me internet his nickname was ching lee and it's not a social or cultural thing um that was just his nickname that they gave him back in 1912 social norms were a little different back then but he comes blasting through there through the american sinking destroyers past the burning uss uh south dakota again pretty much like history with the famous radio message stand aside i'm coming through this is Ching Lee. And the only thing missing was the Stone Cold Steve Austin soundtrack with the breaking glass, and he just comes stomping down the ramp. That, that's about what happened on the table, and that's what that's about what happened historically. USS Washington shot the piss out of everything. Sank Lake Cruiser Nagara with one salvo, and I we we stopped rolling dice halfway through the first salvo because she was already the pe well, this game was a week ago, and I think some of the pieces still haven't landed yet. Um, <laughs> that, that ship just, you know, hideously overpowered, uh, an, an overkill. I wasted way too many guns on her. USS Kirishima, or not USS, IJN Kirishima lasted two turns. But, um, again, we normally go by the, you know, straight down the middle of the table or whatever. Historically, this was the result. You do better than the result. You won. You do worse than the result. You lost. I still technically lost, um, and lost pretty bad because, not only did USS South Dakota sink, but she technically capsized. There's different ways you can sink in that game. And mm-hmm. uh, if you get into like naval architecture, naval history, ships that capsize tend to take a lot of people down with her. So in this version of history, South Dakota is almost the second Arizona. She probably went down with most of her people still aboard. Wow. So that plus... Um, two light cruisers, a bunch of destroyers. I lost all four destroyers, but that was historically um, the case. It, it was a bloody game. So that's up there uh, on our channel. Um, and uh, other than that, I've been trying to pick away on my M48A5, uh, Macaque 5s, I think they were, if you translate that to Israeli. Mm-hmm. Um, my first attempt at or my first attempt with a 3D printed miniature. So far, not a fan. Maybe I just got a bad set of prints. I don't know. But um, did not. I'm not having a good time with it. I mean, it, really? it'll be okay. It's okay. it's terrible. Um, I have clipped off all the machine guns, replaced them with um, the Battlefront machine guns out of my bits box. Same with the commanders. Same with the radio antennas. Same with the stowage. 
I spent like 30 hours cleaning these things. Um, hmm. And that's not an exaggeration. Um, Did you order them from somewhere, Jim? Or somebody yeah. them for you? Uh, I ordered them uh, from uh, a guy who does 3D printing. So, I mean, I know 3D printing has limitations. And maybe I'm just comparing it to, uh, you know, closely to my um, either Battlefront, Old Glory, or um, PSC. Um, uh, especially PSC. Um, PSC uh, miniatures. It's... Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but I'm I'm salvaging them, and from four feet away, they don't look too bad. Um, okay. It's just when you get them up close, it's it starts to like woof. Um, or maybe there was a like I said in the hobby stream, maybe there was a step I didn't miss, or the step that I missed. Although the the guy says that they came pre cured, so I don't think I had to cure them or clean. Or, you know, obviously, you have to clean them, mm-hmm. but um, these are resin mini. They must be because they're almost impossible to clip off with uh, with uh, like a knife or whatever. So it's not like soft plastic. Okay. Um, but they don't, maybe I, I, I'm really unfamiliar with 3d printing. Um, so I don't know. I'm total noob at this and, uh, they don't snap like, like resin does. So like my, like the machine guns are the best example. The, the, the 30 cal machine guns of the commander's mm-hmm. hatch are, they, they literally look like a dog turd. Um, yeah, so that, I that, a pair. go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was going to say that I, I, without knowing where you got them from, uh, I, I have to believe it's the quality of the printer or the print itself because okay. we have printed uh, tanks, armor, and the details amazing. So it, it must be because I'm I've seen some of your six mil stuff. Like uh-huh. probably six mils like this. This is fifteen mil, fifteen mil yeah. Cold War tanks. So the things like this long, right. including the gun barrel. Um, if your six mil tanks came out at this level of detail, it would look like. I, I, like a cow chip. I mean, it would literally yeah, just be that's that's up to the file or the printer yeah. itself. Sounds like yeah. Sounds like there's but, a little something going on there. It's all good. Um, I'm, I'm I'm salvaging them. And the other big disappointment, because people have been asking me about it, uh, we went over this briefly in our Armistice Day stream. Finally, got around to watching um, the new All Quiet on the Western Front movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Risking the uh, two thumbs. Are you going to do a movie Not, review? Not recommended. Yeah, yeah, right here he's doing it. <laughs> not recommended. Well, technically, I did it like three weeks ago, but um, yeah, yeah. not 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 recommended. No. What um, was the anyway. uh, downfall, or what was the difference between this version and the original? Uh, it's just uh, the the the, uh, the the short versions. I don't want to take up the whole chat. They're not. Uh, they were not uh, respectful to the source material. They did not go by. Uh, the novels um, mm. or the novel at all, which normally isn't a big deal. I'm not a big guy. Well, you didn't go with source material, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Blah, 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 blah. This is one of the most important pieces of literature written in the 20th century. Um, it's one of the first pieces of you were there, um, you know, like what it was like to be on the battlefield written by a veteran uh, for veterans. And uh, this screenwriter whoever he was just pretty much wiped his ass with it the whole first act isn't there corporal himmelstoff himmelstoss doesn't even appear the movie starts in 1917 for some reason and then some of the some of the even the battle scenes some of the tactics uh i don't know who won world war one on your planet but it, it didn't happen that way uh they they break through uh they do the you the whole chart uh the whole trench charge or whatever okay that happens a couple times in the novel and they um they they break into uh the german uh the french trench and immediately french tanks counterattack mm. like within within 15 seconds 
But French, uh, armor, nobody used armor in like this mobile counter reserve. It's, it's a World War II movie, is what it is. Mm, okay. uh, they make the same mistake. They make it. They make the same. That's something you'd see in a World War II battle. Um, you know, infantry would crack the line, and then you know, regiment would have or division would have like that one battalion of tanks in reserve, and they would respond with that. They'd be there like within fifteen minutes or something. Uh, that's not how they were used in World War One. Um, like at all. And then, you know, the French are using flamethrowers that come out of nowhere. I'm like, I don't know when the French got, or any army in World War One. to be fair, got that tactically agile with no radios. No, it, it just didn't happen that way. Won't spoil anything, but everybody who dies in the movie um, dies in the book. So that's, you know, somewhat correct, but they change all the conditions under which the peace people do die. They change mm-hmm. how they die. They change why they die. They change the, the, the context of every significant um, event in the movie. And the AS, you know, if it had just been, hey, um, like 1917 or Dunkirk, if it had been like a net new, hey, here's World War One, um, as you've never seen it before, you know, from the German side. And they just made like a movie called, you know, you know, a day in the life of World War One or something like that. It, it would have been okay. There would have been little nitpicks here or there. But when you yeah. base something on a novel that important, um, you, you really have to pay attention to what you're doing. And this this guy willfully did not. Whoever the director or screenwriter, I don't know about that kind of part of it, but it's it's very bad. Gotcha. Let's just All right. to here. Yeah. Anything else hobby wise, Jim? <laughs> that was enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, quite a bit. So. Go well, you, all you have coming up tomorrow. I'll definitely come up with something tomorrow. I'm not 100 sure yet uh, what okay. it's going to be, but um, oh, okay. yeah. All right. Tomorrow at 12, we'll be live again uh, with either some more hobby. I'll probably I may show off some of these uh, tanks because they look okay. with a nice, you know, not the rest, the, not the best camera, and from four feet away, it's actually not too bad. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, Either that, or uh, you know, we'll, we'll 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 do some demo, or we'll we'll, we'll definitely figure something out. We'll, we'll definitely be live tomorrow. All right, sounds good. All right, Marty, why don't you hit us up? All right, well, uh, let's see. What have I been working on? So, uh, I did uh, some uh, not uh, uh, modern stuff. I've I've worked on some Lord of the Rings things that I've had, but. Uh, Wednesday night, I uh, did the live stream, and I started on a project where I'm making a picture frame uh, game table. So it's, I don't know, it's a two foot, not not quite two foot by three foot, like 20 inches by 32 inch frame. Mm-hmm. And I lay, laid the foundation for that. Uh, so I have that uh, sitting off to, to the side over here. My thoughts are that, uh, you know, small skirmish games can be uh, played on there. So... Uh, that that's my my current project, and then uh, Black Friday, uh, there were there were some uh, some good deals going around. So uh, I bought uh, a Creality uh, printer bundle. So I got a uh, uh, Ender Three uh, FDM printer, and then a Halet resin printer, which nice. should which should arrive today. My the Ender's here uh and i assembled that actually wednesday night after uh i did the stream mm-hmm. but i'm but i also ordered uh uh the auto leveler the little deal that goes on the the head there that has not arrived so i'm hoping that arrives today with the resin printer gotcha but but uh yeah i'm looking looking forward to getting that set up and fired up and also awesome. start cranking out some stuff awesome go. 
Hey, just to let you know, uh, mine is a Ender 3v2 with uh, the auto leveler and stuff like that. And there, there's a lot to, uh, to do to get that thing right. So uh, uh, when it's time for you to do that, you let me know. Yeah, well, like I said, ho- hopefully sometime today. Uh, I'm hoping that the uh, the auto leveler arrives with the uh, uh, with the, the uh, resin printer because I've got the I got the the printer itself and then all the stuff that uh, that came with the bundles, you know, like, like uh, FDM and it came with the glass bed and uh, bottle of resin for the resin printer. Actually, all that stuff had arrived, and I thought the uh, the auto leveler would be with it, and mm-hmm. and it wasn't. So I got I got one more package due in today. Sometime we'll we'll see if it's in there. Otherwise, uh, you know, I gotta go yell at Creality about where's my stuff. Gotcha. All right, Chris, you're up. Um, as no surprise, I've done nothing. What? I well, I hosted people. You How about did. that? Yeah, okay. you had the uh, plague. At Thanksgiving. Out. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. He, and then yeah. I hosted the plague. Yeah. The, the actual plague. Yeah. The actual plague. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay then. Good talk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Bill? What is, well, let's see. Uh, uh, well, he does grand plan of hobby and gaming over Thanksgiving week, uh, which got kiboshed. But actually, we did get some hobbying in, and we actually played a few games. Um, but most of it, we were all sick. But um, when we arrived, I ordered a starter set of bolt action and a starter set of Flames of War. And we got the Flames of War set all painted and based. Um, it, yep. it was ready to go. Never got to play it. So, Chris, if you get a chance, if you could take some pics for us and post them up on the Facebook page, I would appreciate it or send them to me and I'll do sure. it. Sure, not a problem. Just so we can show people we actually, or I actually do stuff. Um, so Gaz and I painted. Oh, no, Gaz did it all. Oh, shut up. He did not. <laughs> he did a lot. Well, he should have. He was the one that got everybody sick. Um, we got the bolt action set. Uh, Marty was putting together the paratroopers. Um, Gaz yep, put yep. together the German troops. He has a fondness for German troops, I think. Um, Weird. And then uh, I've seen Gaz. I've seen Gaz work at boot camps. He works quick. Yeah. Well, Um, he'd rather do that than play games. Um, He he fully admits that. So, which is fine. You know, we need somebody to put our stuff together so we can play. So that's cool. Um, We played a couple games of BattleTech. Uh, I bought a BattleTech starter set uh, so my grandson could get into the lovely world of BattleTech. Um, So we got him into that. And I know Dawn and them played Magic and some other games. Um, yep, I played my first game of Magic. Yep. We were supposed to have uh, Black Friday Battle, which was going to be, we were going to have a table of Flames of War going, a table of Bolt Action going, a table of Battletech going, and whatever else. And uh, unfortunately, we were sick, so everybody canceled out. Hopefully, we can do that again soon. Maybe in a couple months, we'll head up there for a weekend. The dog um, even got sick. Yeah, my dog even got sick. Um, we I thought mean, we were going to lose her. It, How's Sadie Mae doing? Did she recover? She's actually much better. She's her cranky old self again. Okay. Uh, so all is good. Um, she was sick for over that, a week, wasn't she? Uh, two weeks. She literally just started feeling better a couple days ago. Um, so now she's spoiled because we had to force feed her because she wouldn't eat because she couldn't smell her taste. And so we went with baby food because it was easy 
for her to digest and, you know, us to feed her with. Now she, that's all she wants to eat. She won't eat her dog food. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, you know, it's easy with one tooth. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. So also, uh, you know, Marty did the live stream. So hobby, you know, Wednesday night, we're going to, like I said, with schedules and my on-call schedule, like this past month and a half, I've been on call most of a month. Uh, I was only off call for the uh, week I took off and then a few days here and there. So it's very hard. So doing a hobby live stream, especially in the space, like I said on the previous podcast, uh, I just don't have the space or room for a full-blown camera set up in hobby space. So it's literally got to be a, a webcam with me working on something, you know, at, at a table space. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just don't have the space for it until we buy a house. So um, we'll, we'll make two. I still have a whole bunch of three mil stuff to paint up and I still want to paint it up and we'll just do it on the hobby stream. Actually, I am trying to reach out to my friend at PSC to get Ooh. some of that nom stuff. Ooh, there so, you go. Last time I talked to him, it's been a few years, but last time I talked to him, he said, you know, if you ever need anything, this is when we were with beast of war, just reach out and I'd be happy to send you some demo units. So, so uh, we had, we had a guy, uh, on the stream Wednesday night, uh, uh, Jupiter Mark Gamer uh-huh. from from Florida, who uh, does six mil stuff. Yeah, that's Mark Ritchie that I played six mil Chinese farm with oh, uh, a week ago. Oh, oh awesome, <laughs> awesome! I yeah, I didn't know what uh, uh, the relationship there, but he, he said also he, the guy who was in the uh, second battle of Guadalcanal game. So he's technically been on our channel uh, as oh, a awesome. as an opponent. Very yeah, cool. He, he said he has uh, six mil armies in four different eras. <laughs> My boy's got a lot of miniatures. I'll, just, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I've seen part of his collection. And they're, they've been on the channel a bunch of times. A, a lot of those uh, uh, DKH uh, videos on our, on our channel, those are mostly his miniatures. Oh, very nice. Awesome. Uh, what else? Oh, so I finally got the files for us to get together, those who are interested, to test play a scenario for the new role-playing game that's coming out that's set in modern times. You play either the bad guys or the good guys, depending on the scenario. So we'll get together and we'll we'll do that and and uh, we'll see how that goes. So it's be very interesting. Um yeah, I've been helping them out with some suggestions here and there, and I'm not sure when the actual game's going to come out, but uh, it's pretty. It sounds like it's pretty close, so we're going to test a scenario. Uh, yeah. Other than that, hobby wise, I've been doing, I've been doing some role playing. Uh, been playing yeah. some OG D and D on Monday nights uh, with my boss. Uh, he's a big, he's a big gamer. He's actually a fan of this show. Scott, you're out there. Aya, um, and he he actually knew of Don and I from our old Beast of War days. So, uh, oh yeah, and he still hired you. Yeah, I know, right? I was um, say, did, that, did that affect anything? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so that's that. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to get some of that PSC Nom stuff. I want that Huey so bad. I really do. To Bru- uh, Rubicon, I think sold out of theirs. What? The, uh, yeah, oh, it's Rubicon I, models, not PSE. Rubicon models. I don't know why. Oh, I think Jim said PSE, and I got that. Bro, they head. had one left as of yesterday. I am sure it's gone. Dang it! Dang. All right. Uh, oh, PSE actually was doing. I don't know if you reported on it yet, uh, Marty, but they had the uh, 
um, the North Hag set. Uh, they have the Centag set now for uh, you know Battle Group. So that did we talk about that? Like two shows? I don't remember. Oh no, bring that up during the news. We'll talk about it. All right, we'll do that. All right, okay. Um, we talked to Marty, Jim, Chris, me. Sounds good. Well, Jim, I, I, uh, do you have uh, Discord up or I can bring it up? Uh, I have it up here. I actually do. Well, while you're pulling that up, question for you. I know yes, that uh, Don was considering doing a uh, uh, a side channel for, for gaming, for fantasy games or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is she, she still planning on doing that? Is that still going to be a thing or... Oh yeah, yeah. It's just uh, there's a lot going on right now. So okay, I was um, just curious if you know that fell by the wayside or no, it did not fall by the wayside. It's just as you know, there's a lot going on right now. So um, yeah, we want to you know get through all that. So sure. All right, let us real real quick a quick update. Yeah, the Huey is out of stock. Mother of God. Yeah, because if there was one left, it would be out of stock right now. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's a tough model to get a hold of. I had to do mine in 15 mil. I had to go to the Revel one to 100 uh, scale models, four of them. Wow. And they look great as long as the 18 pieces of clear plastic for the glass haven't popped uh-huh. out of the miniature. So. <laughs> aren't all fogged up from glue? Yeah. Eight, 18 of those per miniature and their, well, miniature, their models 18. and their helicopters. 18 yeah, pieces each, of glass. Each, each pane of glass one, is its own separate piece. One, piece. two, three, four, five, six, seven, only be 12. eight, nine, ten, eleven. Mm, 18. Wow. Okay. The, the two front panels, the two front panels over top, that's four. Right. The two by the feet, that's six. Uh-huh. There's like one, two, three per side. Yep. Uh, just for the cockpit. So we're yeah, at 12 cool. now. Okay. Yeah. And then there's three in each bay door. The sliding bay doors no. that go over the top. Okay. Um, I don't have it right in front of me, but it's something like that. Wow. Uh, because so the, the three per side were the two side bay doors and then the little thing that pops out. No, there's there's like this, like a triangle here. It's almost like a truck. There's a triangle here in the cockpit. Yep. And then there's two I, by the pilot the and the co-pilot. Oh, the windows, the doors, yeah. Yeah. the pilot door and the co-pilot door. Then, the, uh, so that's that gets us up to... I think 12 yeah. and then the, the sliding bay doors on either yeah, side sliding doors. And then you have, have, two at least two, have, I think it's three in the model or the, yeah. I, I might be missing. There should be it, two, it each be two on the door. And then and there's, there's a little pop out door. Else. Yep. Yep. There's a no, little that, that door. Right. That's I, I, forgot, I wasn't counting okay. the pilot doors. So, you know, that sounds about right. Cause if you think about it, you had the main window, you had the little triangular window. Yeah, um, the, the vent yeah, window for the smokers. Yep. Yeah. For the smokers. Or like so, my dad, he just hung his hand out there while he was flying. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, yeah. And then, of course, it's a scale. It's not, it's not a miniature. It's a scale model. Yeah, yeah. And scale model helicopters are always, because the, the rotors and everything else, the they were technically uh, UH-1H uh, hogs. So the, they, they got the, the chain guns and the M60s out the door and all that stuff like that are on the, on the little wings. A lot of fragile pieces. And then you're, you have it up on this stupid little uh, stand. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's flying. And then, of course, it falls over at least once during the game and all kinds of stuff breaks off windows pop out (laughs) (laughs) the windows pop out damn it that's tough tough. oh i get you i uh let's see yeah but no one makes a h model 
model anymore. Oh, well, Breville used to because I bought four of them. Yep. Trust me, I've been looking for a good each model model. Each model, um, model. Yeah. Yeah, Roger, Roger. 100. And uh, what else was I going to say? Um, yeah, I know Battlefront used to make them, but I mean, it's a gaming piece, so it's a lot more sturdy. It's a solid right. chunk of resin. The only problem is that now you have to paint the uh, the canopies and all the glass yeah. yourself, which, I mean, some people get pretty good at it. Um, my Heinz don't look too bad. My PAH 105s don't look too bad. I don't know if I'd want to try that on a Huey. There's a lot more glass in the Huey. Um, it's a lot of nail polish uh, to give it that glossy shine. But uh, the the good side is is that you know it's designed as a playing miniature. So yeah. put it in a box, take it out of a box, put it on the stand, it falls over on the table. You know nothing's gonna break. Those those Revel models they look great as long as they're sitting still. They look great in the in the display case. Mm-hmm. But um, damn, when you try to use them as actual gaming pieces, you got to be really careful. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Discord. Let's show some Discord, shall we? Share screen, window, Chrome tab. Where are you? Window. No, not that one. Entire screen. Hold on a minute, gents. Come on now. I know, right? Okay. All right. Hey now. Hey now. Okay. So if we look here, we go to the hobby room. Uh, we see some terrain features that John is working on. Um, barbed wire, some sandbags at the base of a mechy, stompy looking thing. Is that a Cadian army, Jim? Do you know anything about, you don't know much about 40K, right? So I think that's a Cadian army guy for 40K. Um, oh, new Kriegs. Those look uh, like Germans from World War One. Well, that's what they're designed to look like. Are they? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't think GW got original, do you? Oh snap! That's right. I said it out loud and everything. I'm passably educated in 40k. I mean, I don't like it, but I'm not going to not like something before I know something about it. Sure. Um, all that said, uh, you got to respect some of the work that people yeah. put into their miniatures. Oh, most yeah, definitely. The models, miniatures the models are well good. done. Yeah. Yeah. No, that excellent paint jobs. Like their Kev here. Yeah, no. Very good. All right. Oh, here's the stompy robot. There you go. Kind of looks like a um Yeah. Nineteen forty seven Walker. Yeah. Or, or conflict so forty seven. That, that model came out before or after nineteen eighty two. No, nineteen eighty actually. Yeah. And then there's some guy named Jim. Oh, yeah. It looks like the Americans got their ass handed to them. Um, the kill count is about equal, but technically the Americans won that game. Yeah, or won that battle. So, because I only tied on the table, it mm-hmm. means I, that I kind of lost uh, the overall gotcha. game. And here's John. Uh, John working in some armored vehicles. Very nice. Yeah, looking good there. We've seen that. Okay, again. Uh, a new codex arrive. Historical minis will have to wait a bit. Uh, KDS. Uh, yep. Yep. There you go. Okay. And then tough ears. Damn. Woo. Look at a banner. Uh, 
Those what I understand, Cadian, I mean, I'm not a 40K expert, Cadians are, or Cadian infantry are like the standard grunt infantry. Mm-hmm. They're not space marines. They don't get power armor. They don't have the whole the genetic uh, modifications. Um, they just die in hideous numbers. But, yeah, they're, yeah, they're human. And yeah, instead of what, whatever, you know, the, the space marines are, because, you know, they're not actually human anymore. Yeah. Nice work, guys. Yeah. Nice work. I think that was pretty much since the last time we caught up with people. Um, I like these from Walkabout Chris's um, English Civil War guys. Oh my these goodness! Are six like, mil, I believe. Look at the little fellers. I think these are three D prints too. I would assume so. I like the cards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nice. Very nice. You know what? That's um, that's actually a game um, where you use these cards. See how they have the miniatures on them, uh, printed on them. So he just took actual miniatures and replaced the the printed things with that. So that's, well, that's actually, not, nice work, guys. Nice that work. sounds like something Chris would do. Oh, the ten yeah. mil, ten mil. A different Chris, not this one. Yeah, uh, this is our uh, Facebook. Uh, social media guy, Chris Long. Yeah, yep. walk about games. Walk about games. Yeah. Oh, I, I know you two know. I'm just for the yeah. audience. Well, yeah. I don't think they had to go far for an assumption on that one, Chris. I'm just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Chris Long and his son Alex run uh, Modern Mini 3D. Yeah. So, so yeah. All uh, right. You know, they see. they have a they have a small printer farm going. So. Let me banish somebody from uh, our restream chat because he's trying to spam us. All right. Banned. Bye now. Nice work, tough years. Okay. It is that time, sir. It's news time. Oh, yay. I got to upload. You know how we were talking when you're there, everybody getting things set up, and I got to program my little... Let's see if I can show it without ripping the whole. Uh, we don't want to see it. We don't want to see it. So, so, so <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's going to work, but right here is uh, a Zoom sound setup. I got to reprogram um, the sound bite so I can have the titles and everything in there. All right. So we're going to just go right into the news. So take That's us away. Aren't you going to sing it? In the news. <laughs> in the news. <laughs> That's right. Here comes the newsy news. So hold on a second. Let me pull mine up. There we go. All right. Good deal. Make that big so I can read it because I'm old. All right. So uh, the first uh, item I have is from uh, Empress Miniatures. Uh, saw a Facebook post of theirs. And uh, they have been uh, working on 28 modern uh, civilians. And they have uh, both, both an armed and unarmed version of them. So so, uh, they're, uh, so it, Marty, you're staticky. Oh, no. Marty? Am I better now? No? Nope. Uh-oh. I, I didn't change anything. I didn't touch nothing. I just fired up work. Hey, uh, right, hold Bill, on a minute, Marty. Switch over to, uh, the screens. That way he's not trying to waste yeah. all of his bandwidth. Uh, all right. So, yeah, you're, you're lagging pretty bad there, bud. Oh, uh, now he's I'm sorry. Yeah. All what? right. What's your first item, news item? Uh, first news. Uh, Empress miniatures. 
Empress so, Miniatures. Uh, okay. So Which the uh, the the first one from the November 29th post. Uh, it's the second part of the 28 Modern uh, release. So uh, there's like seven or eight pictures there. Oh, hold on, my uh, my document's covering part of my page and it won't move. Come on, you. What's no, funny is his mouth and his words don't match up anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, well, well yours we'll never have. So there. Here. Ah. Yeah. All right, Empress Manager sharing. Boom. Okay. All right. So just so you know, Marty, for future, when you do a news story, actually tab the actual product site, not a Facebook page. Uh, I have no idea if it's on their Facebook page. page. Oh, all right. Hold on. I got to bring up your uh, your uh, document again then so I can link the document because I, I went to the actual manufacturer's page. Oh, that's, that's all right. It. Keep talking. All right. So anywho, uh, they've been working on uh, 28 uh, millimeter modern uh, civilians. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently it's a show. F- I'm going to guess it's uh, over in the UK, question mark, uh, called a Peter saying uh, pet. I have no idea what that is or what it means. Uh, but uh, it's uh, apparently a show about a group of British builders working in Germany in the early 80s. Uh, but uh, the, these are some uh, some good looking miniatures uh, if you needed uh, like uh, some covert action. So you had mm-hmm. the civilian just hanging out, doing my thing version. And then you have an armed version of them as well. Uh, they're all named characters from the show. I will tell you, I've never seen the show. I'm not familiar with it at all. So the names don't mean anything to me. But Off Peter saying pet. Pet. Yep. I don't know what the pet is. Uh, it's, but that's the reference they made. Alfeder Zane is upon again sea, technically. So basically until I see you again. It's, yep. But I don't know what pet is in German. Uh, uh well I uh, I I suspect that it, it might just be uh a colloquialism, uh you know mixing uh, English with uh with German, but those are German rifles and AKs. And uh, yeah. And that's a very uh, eclectic mix of weapons I've got there. Both sides of the curtain. An MP5. Tuffy, you said cocktail. Yeah. That's a law that, rocket right there. <laughs> a, okay, so from left to right, or from right to left, yeah, there's a law. It's already extended, so they got that detail right. The RPG, Molotov cocktail. It looks like an MP5 in the middle. Those look like German G3s. Two of them, an AK. And uh, is that a 240 on the far left? It's hard to say. Yeah. It's either a 240 or, yeah, it's got to be a 240. Look at the way the, uh, the stock is. Yeah. Or an FN fall, whatever you want to call it. Well, it's got to say M60 because uh, these FN are 80s. Ball. Well, the, the FN mag has been around since well, the late 70s. I was going to say maybe the FN, yeah. Well, the FN mag is pretty much the 240 built into license in the US. Yeah. And then the, the British call it like the C7A2, the British call it the L. Yeah. Everyone in NATO uses it. They have different names for it, but it's basically the um, FN mag. Hmm. All right. So, so Tuffy here just, yeah. just posted that pet is a UK term. Yeah. Well, and, and, 
Yeah, and that's why I said I think if they're mashing uh, German and English together in that the title of that show. So in American, that would be Litter Dog. Yeah. See ya, Litter homie. <laughs> sure. All right. <laughs> All right. Next. Moving on. All right. So uh, I don't know if any of you care about this, uh, but I do. So I made mention of it. Simon uh, Comics uh, is uh, doing a uh, a backer kit release of. Uh, volume two of comics there's like eight books total uh so uh there's a bunch of stuff to look at uh you can go uh, check it out uh if you go to simon's page uh the one that i am interested in is uh dust uh london falling so simon has bought dust's ip which mm. is exciting because mm-hmm. we you know as of like a year and a half ago we thought dust was dead because it kind of was right. However, <laughs> technically, the, the IP has, has, uh, you know, it's now owned by CMON. We know that it's been confirmed. Uh, they've got a, uh, uh, hardback comic book coming out. The, the book looks great. I mean, you know, uh, if you're uh, into that or any of the other topics, uh, they run, I think between 25 and $35, depending on which book you're getting mm-hmm. the dust. Uh, the dust book is London falling. Uh, it's twenty five bucks. Uh, along Plus. with that, eight figures, yeah. uh, which they say for a new dust game, and this is a th- and that's pulled off of their their uh, backer kit announcement. That's yep. not that's not my comments. That's it's theirs. right there, in black and white. More information yeah. to be announced. What I will tell you is that, uh, so they've got shipping all over the world, right? So they've got it in uh, the UK, in Europe, in uh, Australia, in the US, uh, in Asia. So you you order your book and then whatever's closest to you, you know, is where it gets shipped from. So yep. I went to go look at ordering uh, my book and paying my 25 bucks. In the US, it ships out of Atlanta. thirty two fifty for shipping. Dang. How about no? I just no. I am not no. I'm not paying thirty two bucks to ship a twenty five dollar book from Atlanta to the Midwest to Chicago. Come Are they on, driving crazy. it themselves and they're bringing you a pizza it's, and a coffee? Yeah, and, I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, is this thing taking an Uber? What's up? Yeah, that's not right. However, I think the shipping amount is kind of the same regardless of how many books you buy. Mm. Not not that I'm suddenly going to buy a pallet of books, but as it turns out, there's a Chicago Dust Warfare uh, group uh, that right. I'm part of. And I was chatting with him and uh, he's like, yeah, I saw that, too. So uh, talking to, to Jeff Rackow that runs it. Uh, so we are going to pool our order together, ha- have it all shipped and then uh, split it up. So, you know, however many Book set is you know not look if if you get three people in on it you know and the price is the same now you're paying ten bucks for shipping suddenly right. my heart doesn't hurt yeah. right so hey uh, Schaefer put me down for one all right I'll let Jeff know okay so interesting looking at the titles so you had Cthulhu Death May Die I don't think uh-huh. they owned that IP originally Zombicide's the Simon IP yep then you get the Hay which is theirs which I I can't talk about that my opinions on the game because it's not good uh dust which is a, a ip it looks like they uh, then you get android and twilight Imperium. those are fantasy flight ips uh so they were, they were. <laughs> so, but if you remember simon yep. got bought out as well as fantasy flight by um 
Oh, Asmodee, bit- right? Asmodee. Yep. So they're all under the same umbrella. So it's interesting to seeing the cross IPs here. So because yeah. Android is actually a card game, it's a deck building game, and uh, Twilight Imperium is a very big, you know, in the weeds type game <laughs> that takes hours and hours to play. Yeah. So, so they uh, there there was a Simon uh, had a uh, a YouTube live uh, interview. With the guys from uh, Imperium, Hate, one other one, and then uh, uh, Chris Lights uh, wrote the uh, uh, the Dust comic. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: Chris Lights lives in the Chicago suburbs, so you know he he's a he's a local guy as well. Gotta like that. But uh, uh, yeah, they were uh, uh, kind of describing you know what was going on there. If uh, any of those. Uh, topics uh, appeal to any of our uh, viewers or listeners. Uh, you can go to Simon's uh, uh, Facebook, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, their uh, YouTube page and uh, look at it. Each of the authors or group of authors, because uh, some of them have two or three, uh, have about 15 minutes a piece where they talk about uh, you know the creation of the comic and what yeah. their thoughts were and all that good stuff. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, cool. Uh, I'm 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 pretty pretty excited about it. We'll have right. to we'll have to see what comes out of uh, dust uh, being resurrected. All right. All right. Next. All right. So next up, uh, things from the basement. So uh, uh, I could not get this link to work. Okay. Uh, so here, the page here, is not available. Here's a long and short of it. He made an announcement on uh, his Facebook account last night, uh, and it's uh, uh, I've copied the text of it uh, here. So uh, basically, what he says. Uh, I've dreaded to take this decision for a long time and held it off for as long as possible, but now it's finally time for the inevitable. And when I, the, you know, when I got that far, I'm like, oh my god, he's going away. No, he's not. Uh, the effects of the pandemic, worldwide supply chain issues, rising energy costs, and inflation in general are taking their toll on my business as well, which I cannot cover any longer. So effective. Uh, January 1st, 2023, prices for most laser cut kits are going to increase tw- uh, 10 to 20%. He says, uh, until then, current prices are still valid. Thanks for your understanding. So the reason why I make mention of that is if you're somebody that likes things from the basement and you're thinking about maybe I want to get something or whatever, uh, now mm-hmm. is the time to strike because in, in the new year, all the prices on laser cut stuff's going up. So gotcha. I figured I would just share that with uh, uh, our audience. So that way, like I said, anyone that, uh, you know, is into that stuff, uh, likes, likes their things, and they've got a bunch of, bunch of good stuff, uh, order it before the new year. So that way uh, you get the, the current pricing instead of the uh, price increase. Okay. So some of their stuff at Historicon, uh, it's very good. I mean, I saw it like, up, like in person. Because yeah. it's one thing to look at a picture on the website, like those M48s I bought, and <laughs> they looked okay on the website. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things from the basement, that, that definitely some very, very good product. Yeah, and I've seen their stuff at Adepticon. It's yeah, uh, yeah he's got good, he's got good stuff. So if there's something that fits uh, whatever uh, game you're playing, uh, and you were interested in, you know, thinking about, yeah, maybe I'll get some more. Do it before the new year, or else you're going to have to pay ten to twenty percent more. There you go. All right, sir. What else? All right. Uh, Moving on. uh, Something near and dear to my heart and Rasmus, uh, I would imagine. Uh, A Kickstarter update uh, 40 from uh, uh, 
Blood and Plunder, uh, yep. the guys over at Firelock Games. Uh, if you backed the uh, Raise the Black uh, Kickstarter, North American shipping has started. So me and Raz ought to be getting our stuff here pretty soon. I keep checking my email. <laughs> I'm looking for that shipping notification. There's dudes that already have things painted. That I think it. I think the first uh, arrival was Tuesday of this week. Yeah, Wednesday or Tuesday. Uh, but they're they're going out. So uh, super excited. Uh, if you have, uh, if it's an international order, because all of this stuff's being shipped out of the U.S. Uh, so if you're outside the U.S., GameQuest uh, uh, will probably start shipping early January. But, uh, you know, they've got a lot of horsepower. They said once they do begin shipping, they'll have everything out within 10 business days. So, you know, uh, if you're international from, uh, you know, outside the U.S., your stuff will ship sometime in January and you'll be getting it uh, hopefully uh, not too not too long after that. Nice. So, yeah, super, super excited. Waiting for our stuff to get in, get some more sloops, some more, uh, some more figures. Be good times. Very cool. Got another one for us? And then uh, the final one, uh, uh, I actually saw off their uh, Facebook page, but Tabletop com- uh, tabletop Combat mm-hmm. uh, has a uh, variety, and I did not realize this, has all has a whole range of paint racks. Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, they've been working on it, and they improved some of them, and uh, they're... Uh, compatible with uh the different uh styles of paint bottles so whether that's uh like a vallejo dropper bottle or citadel paint pot uh they've got stuff so i thought i would just share that because uh i thought you know i i have something similar i mean mine's uh one of walt's old uh uh racks but uh you know if this is something that would work for you you need some particularly vertical storage they seem to have a pretty good little product there, and they're, they're fairly reasonably priced. So, Very cool. check them out. Awesome. And that and that that concludes what I have. So, uh, if, you know, uh, if there's something that uh, we need to make mention of that I've missed that you know about, by all means, fellas, jump in and share it. Exactly. Perfect. All right. Okie dokie. It is now time to put on your wizarding hats. Did you want to talk about Centag? Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, Plastic Soldier Company, who is the publisher behind Battle Group. Is it called Battle Group Modern? It's been so long since I've done it. So um, let me see if I can bring them up here real quick. P- the name of the Northag. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to change the name now that they've come out with Centag, but... Right. That was the name of the game. Because uh, the game shares a lot of the same DNA with Battle Group, but it's not Battle Group. Yeah. So let me bring this up here real quick, guys. Tab Facebook. Yes. Look at that. Look at that. That's an ML too. Yep. Excellent. So you have an M577. A 113, and that is an M60, my friends. Yep. I think yeah. the, the Marines were still using those till about 2000, weren't they? Um, we, had them at, uh, we had them for the Gulf War, although they didn't look that. Yeah. Um, look at some of our Gulf War content. You'll see Marines using M60A1s, although they have been upgraded with the um, ERA panels. Basically, this. 
This is the M Sleek team the Marines were using uh, in the Gulf War. So looks similar, but different because all yeah. these panels on there. All right. So, yeah, uh, that should be coming out soon with models. Um, that'll be awesome. It'll be interesting to see what the range is going to include because this is, you know, theoretically an 80s um, time frame. Um, so well, one slight difference is it's yeah. an early 80s. So it's not the same as Team Yankee. We probably won't see, at least at first, a lot of Abrams, Apaches, Bradleys. Yeah. Um, so that's why we're looking here at M113s and M60s. No. You know, the, the funny or sad thing is, as a kid at Fort Riley, Kansas, I remember seeing those going down the tank trail, the 60s, and seeing the, those 113s and everything. All Everything you see here, I've seen in real life, in real use, um, you know, even when I got to the 82nd, we had 113s. We didn't have M60s at that time. We had, we still had Sheridans um, in the armor company. So, um, and then, yeah. So just thought I'd throw that out there. It's coming. Yeah. I, I'm glad to see battle group modern hasn't died because unfortunately it doesn't seem like there's a lot of coverage to go with it. So, um, yeah, it's it's very interesting to see how that is coming about. So, all right, guys, it's time. Put on your wizarding hats. Get out your crystal balls. Everybody in the audience, we want you to join in the conversation. You can mention it in the chat below, or if you want to actually be part of the conversation, uh, you reach out to us, and we will send you a link to have you join us. You don't have to have a camera. You just have to have working audio. Um, and you can join the conversation. All right. Yes. What is the future of Wargaming? Where do you think you see Wargaming heading in a year, two years, five years, you know, whatever time frame you want to expand out to? Where do you see Wargaming as we know it heading in the future? Um, I'll start off the conversation because I know I threw this to you guys as a late curveball. So here's where I see it. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on who you are, I see a lot more virtual gaming going to happen. Um, as people say they get less time, they want something that's easy to play, uh, quick to play. Um, and with VR becoming more and more commonplace, I, I do tend to see war gaming going virtual. Uh, you know, you put on a VR headset, and you can manipulate pieces and everything in a virtual world. Um, I know we have like tabletop simulator. It's quote unquote virtual, but it's not that easy to use. Um, you know, and you might even get to the point where a, a war game in VR, you can have a first person view, you know, from the cupola of a tank to see if you have line of sight or whatever, you know, um, it almost, it's almost going to blur the, the um, lines of a video game, right? Because we already have those things in video games. Um, on the other extreme, I see physical wargaming companies stop producing models and producing some kind of DRM files to that you purchase so you can buy minis that you print at home. Um, and like the rules and everything will go pdfs or whatever i don't see a lot of physical assets going to be made out there it'll be mostly um print files that you would build or print at home 
uh, you know, because now people have a laser cutter in their living room um, <laughs> <laughs> and 3D printers. So, you know, it's common, becoming commonplace. Um, so that's kind of where I see that part of Wargaming going. I don't know what you guys think. Well, um, I don't think they'll ever get rid of the the boxes of miniatures. I mean, that might get reduced, but uh, there's still going to be people who don't have the printers at home. Now they live in a you know trailer by the the ocean, and they don't have the room for that. <laughs> Shot hey, fired. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Is that for the laser in the, your living room crack? <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful trailer. I mean, it really is. Uh, it's not a crack. But, I mean, either. speaking in general, <laughs> think back I, to the 80s. Oh, dear God. Right? When VHS and everything came out. Right? Yep. Beta not every better, household. But... They're too expensive. They're too things. Not every household's going to get one. And then five years later, everybody had a VHS. Right? So am I saying everybody in the world's going to have a 3D printer as it is right the second? No, but it could become very commonplace outside of producing gaming pieces. It could be you. that's how you get your plates and cups. It could be I mean, it could almost be a world on order. You yep. you place an order for this file from Amazon's whatever they send you the file or they send it right to the printer and it print Amazon creates a printer. You want a mug? Beep. There's a mug, right? So, um, yeah. Hey, speaking of mugs, it's kind of weird, you know. Yeah. Speaking of mugs and t-shirts. Yeah, I know. They were going to be ordered, but we got the plague. You freaking. Anyway, it's weird. You bought a lot of stuff while you were up here. Anyway, apparently, apparently you should have bought a cup. <laughs> kicking them in the junk. All right, moving on. So, um, I, I would say that uh, I'm I'm of the mind that you are, but maybe it's a matter of degree or yeah. or time. You know uh, that maybe it'll just take a long time to get there. But uh-huh. uh, I do think that if they can figure out how to sell a, an STL essentially that you can print yourself, but you're unable to share it. That I think that's, that's really where folks are trying to get to these days. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, eventually because uh, there are uh, so many uh, 3d printers in our, in our hobby now. However, that being said, there's also, you know, while, while I was busting GW's balls earlier, GW makes some excellent miniatures. I mean, yeah. they, they have really, really good models. And there are going to be folks that I think still want that experience. You know, and let's face it, GW sells a lot of models. So yes, they're not they going to want to they're not going to want to give up that market uh, share anytime before they have to. So they're going to, you know, companies like that will do everything that they can uh, to keep going on or to like Jim's experience, you know. Uh, I could buy that uh, that 15 mil model uh, in uh, resin uh, from a uh, company that manufactures it, or I can get it uh, 3D printed. And as it turns out, maybe the 3D print wasn't everything we thought it was going to be because 
for whatever reason, you know, we, you know, the, the printer's not that good. The file's not that good. Uh, you know, the, the person's just, you know, Hey, I'm uh, cranking out a million of these. So qual- maybe it's just like a quality control issue yeah. uh, or maybe it's me. I'm totally new. And I, I just, I, I jacked it up trying to shrink uh, a file from 28 mil to, you know, 15 mil, you know, whatever, you know, but there's lo- lots of, lots of things that can uh, affect the quality of it. And then we're like, oh, it, it'll work, but you know, I got to put 30 hours of work worth of work into it to, to get it to look the way I want. Yeah. And I don't want to put 30 hours into it. I want to put $30 into it. They send me uh, stuff and then I can just start painting it. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense I, as well. I, I think that uh, particularly for rule books though, you're, you're going to continue to see the trend of uh, PDFs, whether you have to purchase them or they're free. Uh, and then uh, print on demand services for, uh, for rule books as well. If you want a physical copy, mm-hmm. I think, I, th- I think that is going to continue to expand. Uh, and I, I, I think that's a good thing really uh, because it's easier for most companies. I mean, uh, you know, uh, GW kind of an exception. Uh, they're able to publish all their own stuff. But if you're a smaller company, you don't have to to do a large run of books and then sit on a pallet full of them in your garage and uh, hope they sell kind of thing. You know, uh, you uh, share the file with uh, whoever your print on demand publisher is. Somebody orders orders the book on, online. They pay them. They take care of all of the publishing and shipping, and then they send you your three dollars a book or whatever your margin is on it. Right, you know, and that that makes life easier for for you as the the game company. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I don't know, Jim. You got some thoughts on this? Um, yeah, uh, you kind of injured in front of me, but uh, yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing: um, virtual wargaming. Uh, with the two caveats being it's absolutely a good thing. Um, uh, some people might disagree. Uh, sorry. Um, number one, March of History. Number two, you're wrong. Um, it's definitely a good thing. Um, read his uh, sign right behind his le- yeah, right shoulder. You know, I'm not arguing. I'm just explaining to you why I'm right. Um, <laughs> the only other caveat I would I mean, who knows? Maybe the third time will be the charm, but VR has had two swings at that both times have resolutely failed uh vr was going to be the hot shit back in the late 90s guess what happened there and vr was going to be you know this new badass thing um here in the um the the, the teens like the late like the mid and late teens and that's it's mm-hmm. kind of going away um it might come back again i mean how many times does to have 3d movies come out the first 3d movies came out in the 50s then they went out of style then they came back in the 70s went out of style came back you know um, people don't like putting things on their face. It, you know, it depends on the uh, genre, though. You know, VR is getting more popular when it comes to flight simulators and stuff like that. So, so there are. Know? Yeah. No. I mean, right. we can get air. I got air sick on mine. Um, so, I mean, we do virtual gaming 
every week. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a physical board game that has been turned into a virtual game. Um, we do miniature games. We've done virtual battle group. We've done virtual Air War C-21 virtual uh, Naval War virtual uh, Naval Command for modern times. So we do miniature games uh, virtually now. Um, yeah. Tabletop Simulator is uh, and Roll D20 and you know all these other solutions um, are getting better. Uh, they're still a little, like you mentioned, a little, a little, a little tricky to work with. But um, um, you know, these Facebook groups I belong to, uh, people are, you know, making strides. And yeah, there is a little bit of a learning curve to it. And yeah, there's a little bit of a, um, uh, of a, of a lead in, like let's say, Panzer Leader. You got to make all the counters, the maps, and Photoshop. You got to make. Well, how is that different from you know painting, uh, you know, miniatures? Yeah. And when it comes to virtual miniatures. I mean, I've already painted virtual miniatures. You get a 3D model, and someone says, you know, can you paint this? And you apply new layers in Photoshop, and you can virtually paint a miniature. Um, I've done it for, for people already. It's not that hard. Um, I've done it in photographs. Hey, I've got a photograph I want to feature in this article, but it's not painting. Take the picture of the miniature. I'll paint the miniature in Photoshop in the photograph. No one will ever know. Right. And, and um, I went. And uh, nobody knew. Or we have one miniature. Just put it in the foreground, and then I'll add three more versions of it in the background. I'll change the number of things so people can't tell us the same tank again. You yeah. slightly blur it as you further back, whatever. So there's ways to do it, um, even in a 3D sense. So, yeah, um, we got games like Arma uh, that mm-hmm. are you know pretty damn close to a, you know, a 3D virtual uh, battlefield. Um, so I think that's going to be the thing. It's easier. It's faster. Um, as Wargaming continues to, as our world continues to get busier, we have less and less time to deal with this stuff. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a hobby. It's supposed to be fun. So yeah. we, have a, we have to cut down that lead time and cut down that work. And, uh, yeah, we game with people, China, Puerto Rico, um, all over Europe, um, we, have a, we have a dark star crew in Egypt of all places now. I mean, it, we're, we're literally everywhere. Yeah. Um, do that. At your, at your, meanwhile, I can't get a table at my local gaming club. Um, I tried to say, hey, guys, when is there a table open for me to play here? This was in the last week of November. They said, well, do you want January or February? Yeah. Like, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Not interested. Unsubscribe. You know, I refund money. Downvote. No. Um, and I'm not put up with that. So it's uh, it's, uh, it's 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 going to get easier. It's gonna, you know, you can play with anybody globally. You can play whenever you want. Yeah. Um, you only like we have families. We have uh, you know uh, lives. We have jobs. Uh, I can only game for two hours today. Play the game until now. Save it. And your dining room is not a wreck until you know two weeks from now when you're. You, know, you, you can continue yeah. gaming. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of reasons. Um, yeah. Uh, virtual models, um, how to put models into the thing. Uh, yeah. The convenience. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great thing. Um, some, you know, traditional, there always be the, uh, the uh, traditionalists. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's definitely, no, I don't want it to turn into a lost art. But it's not only my prediction, but also my, my fervent hope. Yeah. That uh, more and more gaming gets done virtually. So, yeah, and uh, you know, again, as somebody mentioned, it's situational dependent because in my situation, as Chris pointed out, I live in a 
mobile home slash trailer or whatever you want to term it. It's called a park model officially, but, and, and I have very little space for hobbying. So virtual is really the only way I can truly do hobbying or wargaming these days, you know, um, because I can have a tremendous tabletop with miniatures and, you know, whatever, whatnot, or, you know, we can play Panzer Leader, Panzer Blitz, Air, whatever, virtually. And at the end of the day, I, I save if I have to save or close out my computer and put it, my computer away. And, you know, I don't have paints and stuff laying all over the place and trying to fight for space. So, um, and to Jim's point, I, I, I live in Key Largo. He's up in, you know, Fort Lauderdale area. Hey, Jim, you want to play a game this Sunday? Yeah. Um, all right. I'll be online at one o'clock. Let's play whatever. So, you know, or, you know, you play with um, LSR down in, you know, is Australia, right? He's in Australia. Australia. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, you want to play Air War C21? Yeah, let's play this weekend. All right. You know, you figure out the time zones and, you know, I'll play with somebody in Australia. So, um, hey, one of the, the big things that a lot of gamers, like we always say, What's the big Achilles heel of wargaming? Um, and our people have different answers, but one of the ones that comes up probably seven or eight times out of ten is storage, storage, yeah. storage, yeah. storage. You know, I got I got a thousand games right here. I got about fifteen hundred pieces of terrain right here. I've got about ten thousand game pieces right here. Yeah. Um, you know, storage is just going to become a thing. Um, you can always uh, create more out. <laughs> So you're never yeah. going to run out of storage space. Um, whereas, you know, drawers and boxes and, and crates in your garage, and then it gets ruined because you left it at your garage and it wasn't climate especially down here in Florida. Yeah. Um, anything you save down here, anything you store in Florida, if it's not in a air-conditioned space, is just write it off. It's already gone. Yeah. Um, the humidity and the heat down here, it just destroys everything. And... Um, um, yeah, it, and I never appreciated storage space until I didn't have it. You know, in our house, I had a ton of space. We had stuff everywhere. I mean, we had yes, two rooms did. dedicated to hobby. Absolutely. So you know, I had two rooms on two separate floors and part of my garage. So and now I don't have any of that. So yeah, um, I wanted to uh, highlight a couple of comments from our, our audience. The first one is from Tiger Shadow. Uh, he's, they said, we'll probably see a version of Wargames Vault, but for figures rather than the rules. I agree. You actually, you already yeah. have that on Wargamers yeah. Vault, uh, where you can download files either for terrain or miniatures. So, um, but there, I, I do see a space dedicated just to that. So that's a good point. And then Dean posted 3D print on demand with single piece models where you select your variant could be interesting for the hobby. Uh, they kind of already have that with Hero Forge. I was going to say, that's that's Hero Forge's uh, yep. model. Where yeah. you can go on to Hero Forge. Uh, let me see if I can bring it up real quick. And Hero and now Forge, you can it, even get colored minis. Yeah, so, I was going to say, they, they've been uh, continuing to uh, improve their products. And yeah, yeah you can get them, uh, you can get them colored. And, yep. you know, their their quality is good. I mean, we, we've ordered stuff from them before. And yep. uh, their, ST, their STL file, if you order an STL from them, has worked for us. It's been successful. Uh, if you order the miniature itself, yep. uh, you know, those have, those have all come looking good. So, yep. So as you can see, here is the start screen for hero forge where you can pick your mini and uh, then you can go through all the options. And like I said, you can even color print it now. So, 
they do have that and they do that's where uh we created sergeant sit rep was on hero forge yep so um yep there is that so good good observation guys um but yeah i see wargaming going more on to the uh virtual side hobbying is a different thing though i mean if you take wargaming it's actually two two halves you have the hobby section of wargaming and you have the actual playing of a war game. So, but to Jim's point, you can do hobbying virtually. Um, that takes a, a skill set. I mean, unless they make some programs to make it easily accessible to the masses. Not everybody knows how to do Photoshop and, you know, make it look good. Um, so, but that all can come with time. Who knows? So, um, you know, I, yeah. I think, I, I don't think that, uh, Virtual gaming and VR are mutually exclu- uh, exclusive of physical gaming either. Yeah, you know, I think I I think that they complement uh, each other, and I think that uh, you know particularly virtual gaming, as uh, you and Jim uh, were talking about, that's a great way to be able to get a game in. Exactly, hundred percent. But to also to your second point about the hobby part, there are folks that. That's the part that they enjoy. They want to be able to physically build something, physically paint something. Uh, and then to Jim's point, you got to deal with it after that. You got to store it somewhere. Uh, and But I also think that there's folks that, uh, you know, uh, even if they're doing uh, virtual gaming, they want the physical gaming experience still. They want to physically be present with other people, have that one-to-one, face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball social interaction while they have their... Uh, their game. The traditional parts never going away. It yeah. just says before it was zero, it was a hundred to zero, then it was like 80-20. Now it might be like 70-30. The future it might be 50-50. Um yeah, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Well, not hundred percent. Honestly, what I I agree with you, yeah, definitely. What I see is if you look at we'll take the UK for example, they have a lot of gaming clubs where people pay a monthly fee, they share space I got somebody landscaping outside my house. Um, they share a space in a church or civic center, whatever. And they have cabinets where they store their stuff that's locked. And then when it's game night, they go or club night, they go and play their games uh, because they have a lot of place that, you know, they live in flats with very limited space. Right. So um, I could see that happening here as well. Yeah. We were talking to Gaz about that. Yeah. Because yeah. we were telling him about the, the store that we have by us now, Critical yeah. Grind. Shout out yeah. to local, yep. and uh, you know Dana and Sean. Yep, we're gonna see. We might see more of that stuff show up, and yeah. if not, they'll work with some of that more of the uh, uh, local breweries and stuff like that. To hey, you know, we'll have a game night over at your place. Yeah. Speaking of so, which, we've know, got one it, Wednesday. When it when it comes yeah. to the game nights at breweries and whatnot it's because gaming is in it's a it's it's a fashion right now how do you keep that momentum going is by doing quality fun interactive you know experiences for the people it only takes one or two bad experiences or mediocre experiences for people to go you know this is not for me and that's it you know and then like anything else it'll wane so well march 31st you've got the D D movie coming out yeah, that's gonna put a lot of people. Well, if it's done D&D. well, if you've seen the previous D and D stuff, it's not oh, done well. No, no, but this one's the trailer is looking pretty good. Yeah, 
Come on, Jeremy Irons was awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then Dean yep. says, "Would you want virtual to be able to run your battle in real time with pause and stack up of orders, or less dynamic turn-based resolution only?" Ooh, the, hmm. the critical thinker there. Look at that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's an interesting thought. Oh, I need more coffee for that before to that. Be able, <laughs> yeah. To be able to run your battle in real time. Yeah. Um. With pauses, stack up of orders or a less dynamic turn-based resolution only. Um, the, 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 I get so far. What we've done is we've taken pre-existing games, you know, old hex encounter games, and uh, turned them into a, a virtual equivalent. And we've tried to be faithful because the reason people come to our channel and want to play these games is they enjoy the originals. So if yeah. they come. And it's like completely different than they kind of get turned off. Um, I mean, we do add some additional rules or whatever, some some house rules. But spoiler alert, anybody who plays Panzer Leader is not playing it out of the box. Um, other games were came along a little bit later, so the rules are a little bit more robust. And we can be much more faithful to them and literally play a gospel chapter and verse right out of the book. Yeah. Um, so those games are still very, um, very turn-based. However, when it comes to, um, I don't know about VR, but when it comes to running these games virtually, so far, like even with, the, with some of the designs we've done, we're able to include more of that other big dreaded thing that people hate about wargaming, which I don't mind at all, but I'm probably in the minority here, paperwork. Well, first of all, it's not that hard. Um, and second of all, yeah, if you've got, you, you, gaming in the computer gives you a lot more leeway when it comes to things like phased initiative or uh, other rules features that make it mm -hmm. a little bit less turn-based a little bit less you go i go a little bit less um traditional you know rules model and it makes it a little bit more uh i don't want to say realistic no war game is realistic because no one's really shooting at you uh but it's you know um where the, the rule Dyna the rules dynamic becomes a little bit more, at least academically, more uh, tactically realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I agree on that. Then Tiger Shadow added figures versus VR. Delivery to Australia costs an arm. Delivery to Australia for VR gear costs a leg and a house. And but you only have to pay it once for the VR. I mean, well, I, I, I get your point. Shipping to, yeah. to Australia for anything is expensive, but for VR gear... You buy the gear once and you've got it. Yeah. So you you got to take that big hit up front, but then you've, but, you've yeah, got it's it. But it's like any hobby, you, can... you know? Say say Tiger Shadow was but, a 40K player. Sorry if you're not. Um, you think about all the stuff that people buy for that game, you know, and then versus the cost of a VR setup, and then you're downloading for a minimal cost a game. Um you know, it it will pay for itself yeah. in, in, I, a, in a short period of time. Yeah, that's kind of my point because, like, yeah. if, you know, regardless of what uh, what game you're playing, if you're getting physical stuff, you have to keep getting physical stuff. You know, I got the yeah. starter set. Oh, but I want to improve my army. Now I've got to get another uh, unit box or more terrain or whatever it is uh, sent to me to make my game bigger, better, better, whatever I'm trying yeah. to do. Uh, and 
turns out uh, shipping stuff to Australia in particular ain't getting cheaper anytime soon. Actually, right. actually, it probably will. Uh, the world's getting smaller, and as let's say you guys are saying that everyone in, at some point will have their own, you know, little 3D printers in their houses. Well, the need will be there. They will be. They should start producing their own FDM and resin in Australia. Once they which, have that need, which, which, which is not what I'm talking about, though. If you want to get uh, Warhammer shit, you're getting it from GW. Yeah. Unless, unless you just want to straight up proxy it. You know, but if you got to get it, you know, if you got to get something from Warhammer, I want Centag and I want the the actual battle group models. I'm I'm buying that stuff and it's got to get shipped to me. Right. Yep. And you would, it, you would think it'd be cheaper being that much closer to China. No. Mm-mm. Import taxes they're, and you got to remember they're a continent in an island of and, themselves. So, and, and they're, they're not close, close to, to no anything. One. Yeah. yeah. The close they're closer to the Antarctica than you know pretty much anything else. So right. Um. Yeah. All right. So it, it just so here's a question for you guys: If we all had, so if we all played a virtual game, it's easier to play it virtually than to say, "Hey, Marty, Chris, Jim, let's get together on this date at Chris's house, and we're going to play this game." You know, then you have the I got to bring my models. I got to bring this. I, I got to make sure I can get there. I don't have yeah, travel time. I don't have yeah, other commitments. I can't other people. Yeah, there's there's, uh, several, case, like there's several thousand dollars in airfare. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. or we can say, guys, we're going to have a St. Valentine's massacre weekend from the comfort of your own home. Join in and we have 20 people sh- show up in the virtual game room to play whatever it is we're playing. So if people and, didn't mind playing a game that had already been played, a snare that had already been played. We could be playing Valorant victory in about 15 minutes. Right. All five of us. Yeah. Yep. Or four of us. Yeah. Yeah. So he sees you twice, Chris. Yep. All right. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Uh, we thank you for joining us. We thank you for all the comments. Uh, we thank you for your support. Uh, a big thank you to Marty, Jim, and Chris for joining us uh, this morning. Let's see if we can get Piotr back on the show. I know he's at some kind of conference or something. He, he looks good all cleaned up. So, And thank you, know, you Bill, for you know everything you do. I don't do shit. I just show up and hopefully everything works to some degree. Well, you do more than I do. So, Well... Yeah, that's not hard. <laughs> anyway, and good job, there. Marty, on on running. I think yes. you said it was you, you said it was your first one. I think you've done it once before. I was out uh, in uh, Montana. Didn't you cover a Wednesday, like in twenty twenty one, August? It was my first time solo. I did oh, one okay. with Chris back then, and Chris was doing all the geekery stuff behind the scenes while I was uh, working. I think we we're working on the Alamo. Is that the yeah the yeah yeah. Yep. Yeah, so Chris, Chris was doing all the technical stuff, and I was just putting stuff together and talking shit to the. Uh, uh, As you do so there. well. Yeah, it turns out that in front of the camera talent, as opposed to behind the camera talent. Yeah. Right. And, uh, talking I, head. We 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 did not ever even say that there was any talent in that. Basically. Any talent? Uh, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that we 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 did say that's not a thing. But, uh, How did you, you like yeah. using uh, the restream setup for that on Wednesday night? That was made it easier than worrying about pushing buttons and everything. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was actually uh, it's fairly intuitive and easy to use. I know yeah. that uh, Jim, you had made mention about there was some word stuff in the chat. I didn't see that live when I was doing it, so I well, neither did I. But I was watching it afterwards, so I was making that thumbnail. So I wanted to make sure I knew like what the video was about uh, in yeah. full. And uh, I saw him at the very end, but I got rid of him. Um, yeah, but literally, uh, spend some time on YouTube. Like literally, everyone live streams gets those stupid things. Yeah. Big channels, sure. small channels. Takes I mean, two uh, seconds to delete them. Yeah. Hey, you know, Marty, yeah. if you clear your cache before you go on there, someone <laughs> jump in. Well, they said it's all for free. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have it bookmarked. Right. Cash. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much. We appreciate you all. Uh, make sure you catch up with us this Wednesday for another hobby stream. And Jim's sounds like he's going to be doing some hobby stuff tomorrow. Uh, Jim, I sent you a thing on Discord. I got dibs on your next Wargaming Sunday. So I remember. And I gave you a thumbs up. Do a war game. Uh, I I'll let you pick, and even if it's something I've never played before, I will give it my best shot. No so, worries. Uh, I did see that message and and replied. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Um, all right, guys. I want you all to take care. Have a great week, and we'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye.